0: We're going to be learning the L'kutsi Sichas, Cheilak Yodchas, the first Sicha in Parshas Ban Midbar. This week's Parsha discusses the counting of the Jewish people and also the counting of the Koyanim and Levim. In addition, it discusses the tasks and the appointments of the Levim and the Koyanim uh, and their different functions. So this particular Sicha is going to be focusing on Pshut Shamikra, focusing on Rashi, and trying to understand what one of the tasks were that we're giving over to the kainim? We're going to be seeing that it was actually, it's a mechlikis, it's a disagreement between Rashi and the Ibn Ezra, what one of these, or two of these tasks were. So we're going to see the Ibn Ezra's approach and we'll also see Rashi's approach. And we're going to be focusing more on Rashi. So let's start the Seicha. Pasek Aleph, Sif Aleph. Pasek Ves Aaron of of Tifkid Kunas Ruskunas Vezar HaKar yumas. The Pasik says, this is in a Perikim of Pasek Yud, that Aaron and his children you shall appoint, and the appointment will be that they should guard their priesthood, and the czar, the non-Koyen, who approaches, you must, shall be put to death. So what we need to understand is, the appointment was that they should guard their priesthood, and the czar, the non coin that comes close, will die. So this is what the sikh is going to focus on, what exactly is this Pasik's task? the task that is given to the Aaron and his children. So when it says, what does that mean that they shall guard their priesthood? They have to guard that the different avidus, we we'll see the avidus are Kabbalah is the, once a Korban is shaktad, the kohen would come and have a cup and he would receive the blood, he would, except the blood that came pouring from the throat. zrika then he would splash the blood onto the Mizbeach, and then he would burn different parts of the animal on the Mizbeach. And also the other avoidas that, uh, that were given or entrusted to the Kainim, uh, they have to guard that. What is it? How does Rashi translate the words and they shall guard their priesthood? So it means that they should guard the avidus, the uh, services that were entrusted to the kainim. And the meaning is, what does it mean? That they have to guard it, that they're not allowed a non-kain to come and do one of these avidus. That's what the end of the passage says, Hazar, the non-kain that comes close will die. Meaning, according to Rashi, it's really one task that they have to make sure that the different avoidance of the Kayin will only be performed by Kayin and not by Azar. And the reasoning is because Azar will do one of these avoidance, will be mechuy of Misa, will be uh, get death from heaven. Avla ibn Ezra pirish v'shamu paslus. ibn Ezra translates it differently. He says, what does it mean you shall guard their priesthood that they themselves should not become disqualified? For example, if a coin becomes Tamay impure, he's not allowed to do the avayda. Meaning is that the, uh, the, the, the command is that the koinim have to guard themselves, to guard their own priesthood, to make sure they do not become pussel, for example, through tuma and other ways. So according to Ibn Ezra, he's learning it as two tasks. Vashamus kunasim means that they need to make sure they themselves do not become disqualified. V'hazahar kar it would be a second task to make sure the non-kain does not come close and come to do the avayda. So v'tzarek l'haven, the rashi the tevas atzma ibn Ezra el So we need to understand why does Rashi translate kunasim, which literally means their priesthood, and he translates it not as the priesthood, but rather the avidus that were entrusted to the kainim. So priesthood really would mean the kainim itself. It's a noun. But he's saying, no, 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 it doesn't mean the priesthood. It means the avidus, the services that were entrusted to the kainim. Why does he translate it different to the Eben Ezra? The Ibn Ezra seems to fit more according to the uh, literal translation of the word. So the Rebbe is now going to try to give it reasoning, but he's not going to like this reasoning. He put, puts it in brackets. The ain leimar shachrocha sharashi who hakarvimais do not say what compelled Rashi to give his interpretation is because of the end of the pasuk where it says a non coin that approaches to do these avedis will be put to death or will die by heavenly decree. Which the end of the pasuk is talking about when, when a will do one of the avedis of Akain. So, therefore, since we're going we're gonna to think that since the end of the Pasik is talking about a non-Kayan that's doing Aveda, probably also the beginning of the Pasik is talking about a Kayan doing the Aveda Sakayan. Meaning is that it's all really one idea. Since the end of the Pasik says you're not allowed a czar to do it, so what does it mean, you should guard your priesthood? How? By making sure the czar does not come close. You would think maybe the Pasik. By looking at the end of the Pasuk, you can understand what the shmirah was. He says, that w- that is incorrect. You cannot translate that, that be the, the reasoning of Rashi. He says, this is not what Rashi is saying this. You uh, can't explain this in Rashi, because if this was Rashi's interpretation, he should have quoted those words in his Divramaskal or at least to say Vagoymer. As we know, the rule of Rashi, that whenever he's explaining uh, an idea in the Pasek, uh, he always would either put all the words that he's explaining in the Divramaskal or at least say Vagoymer, etc., to say that he's explaining it. So if the reasoning why he has to translate kunasam Nasam not according to its simple interpretation, or its literal interpretation, that it means priesthood, then... And he's saying I can't translate it to mean the priesthood because of the end of the pasuk. Then he should have said v'goimer, and then you'll know. Oh, wait a second. Why is kunasta not being translated properly? Let me see the end of the pasuk, and then you'd read the end of the pasuk where it says it's talking about a doing a vaida. You're not allowed. Allow, you're not allowed to al- allow him to do the avaida, and then you would understand why Rashi translates translates it differently. But Rashi does not do that. So clearly, the reason why Rashi learns these as two separate ideas. Has, uh, sorry, his one idea is not because of the words Hazar, Hakar, of Yumas, meaning is from the words on its own, that those words themselves, uh, in a sense, compel Rashi to translate the word Kunasam as the Avadis that are given to the Kayan. He says, the reasoning why there, there's no compelling reason from the end of the Pasik to translate the words Veshamus, Kunasam to mean. Um, the avodas themselves. It's it's very simple. He says the reasoning is because you could always translate the end of the pasuk as a second command, right? Like just like the Ibn Ezra would translate the second part of the pasuk as a second command. So you can't say like since it says at the end of the pasuk, karv yumas," since we're talking about the zar, obviously, also the beginning of the pasuk is talking about the zar. Why? maybe Hashem is giving Aaron and his children two commands. One of them is that they make sure they themselves do not become disqualified. And then the second command, and their second task is to make sure the czar does not become close and to do any of the avaitis. Fine, so the question still remains, why does Rashi translate the word kunasam to mean the avaitis that are given to the not the priesthood? And question number two, (laughs) Gam sarach laven, maduah Rashi bediv ramaskhal gamasatevis v'shamru es, why does Rashi quote the words in his Divra as, and they shall guard? And he's not satisfied with just putting and quoting the word kunasam. Uh, which, by that's the only word he's coming to translate. Because we would think kunasam means the priesthood. So therefore Rashi saying, no, it doesn't mean the priesthood. It means the Vedas that are given over to the kind. So he should have just quoted the word kunasim. what does that have to do with the words v'shamu as, which were basically keeping the same? It would mean either v'shamu as, they should guard their priesthood, or guard the v'shamu are given to the, uh, to the Kayanim. But the translation doesn't change uh, either way of these words. So why quote, put it in the divra Maskal? So those are the first two questions. We're going to ask another, a few, a few, another question. He named a mashmais rashi, zeh for a he says, when you read Rashi, it seems like, when you're just looking at it for the first time, that when he says that the avidus of receiving the blood, throwing the blood, and burning different parts of the carbon, of the animal on the zbeach, those are just examples of the avidus that were entrusted to the kainim. Right? Meaning is, we're saying that the, that the kainim have to be the ones doing this avidah, what, are, what avoidas are we referring to? We're referring to these, any avoida that's given to the kainim. And to give a few examples, Rashi mentions these three. But really, there's a lot more, but he's just giving a few examples. But he says, we can't really say that. He says, according to this interpretation, there are a few details that will not be understood. First of all, HaRichas Barashi. Rashi's elaboration. First of all, why does Rashi have to bring any examples? He should just say that the avidah that are entrusted trust of the kainim, they themselves, uh, the kainim have to safeguard them to make sure that only they do it and not the czar. And, and if you're going to say the reason why Rashi has to bring examples is to tell you that it's only the avidah of receiving the blood and onwards... Do they have to guard? But not for. But let's say, for example, shechting, slaughtering the animal, even a non coin could do, which is actually the alacha, a zar. A non coin is allowed to shech the carbon. So you're going to say that why does Rashi bring these examples? Is because he wants to say it's only starting for this part of the process. Only from then and onwards is the zar not allowed to do the avida. He says then He says then. If that was his issue, then he could have said it much clearer. He said, from Kabbalah, from the receiving of the blood and onwards, these are the Avedas that are given and entrusted to the Kayan. But he doesn't write that. So that's Papash, just not his reasoning why he's giving these examples. Even if you're going to say that Rashi needs to give an example, what are Avedas are given and entrusted to the Kayan, why does he give these three specifically? And base A second issue with this Pshat. It's the Seder of Rashi, the way how Rashi is organized. Rashi first brings examples, and then he writes the Avedists that are entrusted to the Kainim. But the truth is, Rashi should have wrote his spirit in the opposite order. He writes First, Rashi first should have explained what it means to guard the kuhuna. So he says it means to guard the kuhuna. means the avidus that are given to the kuhuna. That's the rule. And then what does that mean? What are avidus that are given to the kahuna? Rashi can say, for example, these following three things are examples of things given to the kahuna. So therefore, the order doesn't make sense. Why would he bring the examples and then afterwards bring the rule? And Gimel, the Iker, He says, The main question is, since these three items are Vedas that are given to the kainim, what does he mean? Receiving of the blood, the Zrika and the haktara, and Vedas that are, and avidus which are entrusted to the kainim. It should have said, and the other Vedas are entrusted for the kainim. The way that Rashi's, writing it implies almost that the, f- the first three things I'm mentioning are not avoidus that are given to the kain. These are just three things that they need to guard. And in addition to these three things they need to safeguard, they also need to safeguard the avoidus that are given to the kain. which is very strange. So the Rebbe answers that. He says, Rashi, He says, We must say, therefore, that our initial understanding of Rashi is incorrect. Rather, what is the correct way to learn Rashi? Is that Rashi's telling us that Vishamus Konasim, that they need a guard, their priesthood actually includes two types of categories. First of all, first thing they need a safeguard is the, these three of uh, the Kabbalah, the, uh, the receiving the blood, the throwing of the blood, and the burning, which these are Avidas which are not entrusted to the Kainim. And we'll explain what that means later. And Bay there's a sukshani. and there's also a second category which is included in the command of Ashamkunsam, which are the Vedas but are entrusted to the. kainim. That will be the way how to read Rashi. But according to this way of reading Rashi, which would fit well in his words, we still have a few questions, but Tumu'ah. He says, Rashi already explained the beginning of Parshas Bikra. and the first parak, he explains, of V'yikra, that from the receiving of the blood and onwards is the Mitzvah Kuhuna. So he already, we know that Kabbalah and Ilah is a Mitzvah Kuhuna." Therefore, this Rashi doesn't make sense. How could he say that the Kabbalah, the Zrika, and the Haktar is not from the avidus which are entrusted to the Kainim? It's a contradiction in Rashi. In Pumish Vayikra, the first he says that from, the in the, uh, that from the Kabbalah and onwards is, are mitzvahs that are given over to the Kainim. And now we're over here we're saying that these three things are not avidus that are given to the Kainim, but nonetheless the Kainim has to make sure that no one else does it. Plus, the avidus which are actually given over to the Kainim to do, they also need to guard. Seems like a contradiction. And Bez, he says, even if you could find some type of explanation why the Kabbalah, etc., are, are not part of the Vedas which were entrusted to the Kainim, he says, another thing, so if you're going to say there, there are two categories, then how does Rashi know that when the the, the, the kainim are given the task of guarding the avidus which are given to the kainim, how does, he, how does he know that that also includes these avidus which were not entrusted to the kainim? Meaning as if we're saying, Meshama Sku'an means the avidus. You have to guard the avidus that were given over to the kainim. So that would include everything else. But the first three which we're saying were not entrusted to the kainim, how does Rashi know that this command... That we're saying in this parsha includes those three things. Maybe it only talk includes the things which were entrusted to the Kayinim. Only the second category, and not this first category. How does he know to include it? Okay. So gimel v'habir. So we're first gonna answer the first two questions, and then we'll get to the these last two these last two questions. Habir b'ze. He says. He says, What compelled Rashi to explain does not mean um, the, they them- to guard their own priesthood, to make sure that they themselves do not become disqualified as the Ibn Ezra explains it. Rather, Rashi wants to explain it means that they need to safeguard the avoidance which are entrusted. to the This is what compels Rashi to explain this. This is Rashi's issue. But he says, He says, This Pasek is coming to tell us a new task, a new appointment, that it was entrusted to the Aaron and his children. Rashi, Pekidus. As Rashi himself says, the Pasek says uh, that you're supposed to uh, tifkid Aaron and his children. What does tifkid mean? it is a Lashan of uh, giving them a command. And if you're going to explain that guarding the kunasam means there is an obligation to make sure that they themselves do not become possible, he says, this is not a new command. We already have this command in Parshas Amor. Parshas Amor discusses the laws of a koin and says a coin is not allowed to become tummy to a, by touching a dead body unless it's one of his... Uh, seven uh, relatives. But for anybody else, he's not allowed to become tame. So we already know that a coin is not allowed to become and He needs to make sure that he stays pure. So what's the new command that's being given in this Parsha? It's not a new command. So, how, so, so, so why does the Parsha say that this is the command that you should give to them? This is something they already know. This is something that they already commanded earlier on in Parsha's Amor. That's Rashi's issue with this pasuk. Therefore, Rashi explains that what is the content of this new command? The new command is that a czar, you need to make sure that the non-kain does not come to do the avodah of these uh, these that were entrusted to the kainim. Meaning, according to Rashi, there is only one task being given and appointed uh, given to the kainim. That is, make sure, safeguard, that the czar does not, the nonkind does not approach and do a this, which they're not allowed to do, and therefore they would die. Now we can understand also the second question the Rebbe had in uh, Sif Aleph is, why does Rashi quote in his Deir words, Vishamru S? As we said, Vishamru, that they safeguard, he's not adding any, any explanation to those words. He says, these words v'shamru is an expression of a command uh, over a task that they need to fulfill. He says, the reasoning why Rashi quotes the words v'shamru is not to explain what the words v'shamru mean, but rather because v'shamru is a proof, or this is what's compelling Rashi to give his p'shat. He says, that's why he quotes these words. What's compelling me to say that over here, Vashamu es that the word kunasam means the avodas that are given to the kain, is because Hashem is giving them a command, a new command that they did not have before. So therefore Vashamu, which is, this is your command, you have to guard something. So guarding your own kuna, they already were given. So therefore Vashamu, the guarding must be something new. And what would that be, new task? What would the new task be that they need to make sure that the tzar does not do a avidasanaal attitude? So this answers the first two questions of the Sicha, right? Question number one was why does Rashi explain kunasim to mean the avidus which are given to the kuna? And the answer is because uh, to make sure that the koin themselves do not become tame, that command was already given to them in Parshas Amor. And from the expression over here, tifkoi, that you need to point them, give them, a, give them a command, it's clear that we're talking about a new command that they don't have before. And this also explains why Rashi uses the words v'shamu as and his different because v'shamu as is the proof. That's what's compelling Rashi to say that over here means the kunasa means the avoid this that were given to the kayin, uh, because it is a new uh, command that they're having. So now we're going to answer the last two questions. He says from Rashi's words over here, Rashi's trying to also answer another question you can have. There's another issue in this Pasuk. He says, (laughs) He says in the psukim earlier in Pasuk Hay and also later in Pasuk Yudahalaf, who aluvim What we're talking about over here in this parak, which is Gimel, is the counting of the levim and the different avaidas and tasks that they were entrusted. So just to quickly review what's going on in parakimol, so and it'll be clear what the what the question is going to be. So Gimel starts off with um, telling us the. The lineage of uh, the the children of Aaron and uh, Aaron and Moshe. The first four psukim tell us that these are the children of the of, of Aaron. Basically, um, yeah, they were Nadav every summer, So we do the count of who the kainim are, and that goes until Pasuk Dalit. Then Pasuk Hey, Hashem tells Moshe to to bring close to the Levim, and he tells Moshe Rabbeinu what the command and what the job of the Levim would be. You know, they have what, what for example, one of the jobs are that they're supposed to carry. The, the kalium of the oil maid of the mishkan, when they're traveling. Um, and that goes all the way till uh, really Pasuk, Pasuk um, Chas. And then and, and Pasik Yud Aleph, I'm going to skip for now Pasik Tess and Yud, and I'm going to skip to Yud Aleph. Yud Aleph continues, Hashem tells Moisha that the reasoning why the Levim are going to be uh, Levim why do they get this special job? And the reasoning is because um, since Hashem saved the firstborns in Eretz tribe, therefore they were in a sense sanctified to me. But because they did the Chet HaEgal, therefore they can't become the priests or the Levim because they did something wrong. Therefore the Levim are taking their place. And then in Pasuk Yud Dalet, it continues and says, this is. it goes through the count of the Levim, how many Levim there were. But right in the middle over there in Pasuk Yud, and Pasuk Tas and Yud, uh, it says that the Levim were given over to the Aaron and his children, and then Pasik Yud says, and Aaron and his children should command are responsible for observing the Kunasim, and the Tsar who comes close shall be put to death. So the question is, why in middle of this Perak really talking about from Pasakyan onwards, the then the Perak is talking about the jobs of the Levim and the count of the Levim, why all of a sudden Pasik Yud it all of a sudden gives them a, a, a job for the Aaron and his children. With oh, the job, Aaron and his children should make sure that nobody comes close. No, no, Zar comes close. We're not talking about the Kain. We finished discussing the Kainim in Pasik Dalit, and then hey and onwards to the end of the Parak is talking about the jobs of the Levim, and the counting. So why all of a sudden in Pasuk? Yud, would you give that an additional job of the kain? Shouldn't that have been within the first four psukim? Add another pasik. The first five psukim should have been about the kainim, uh, the what their count was and what their job is. And then it should discuss the Lubim. Why all of a sudden in the middle is it telling us about what the kainim did? do? Very, very strange. So let's read it inside. He says, Why all of a sudden in the middle is there a command to iron his children of a Shamus Kunasim? He says the place of this Pasuk should have been earlier, right next to the first four psukim which talks about these are the names of the children of Aaron, which were anointed in order to do their jobs, or something, or that's where it should have been put, or somewhere similar, not in the middle of discussing the Levim. So this is Rashi's question. He says, it must be, what's the explanation, Rashi wants to tell us? That once we start discussing what the jobs of the Levim were, which are the first time, which are all the way to Pasuk Tass, Oh, at that point in time, once we started discussing what the Aved of the were, then there's a, a thought process that maybe the non kain is allowed to do certain Avedis in the Mishkan. Therefore, the passing needs to tell us right then and there that even though I'm telling you that the Levim are supposed to be doing certain jobs, but you should know that Aaron and his children, they need to have the command and make sure that the Zahar, the, the non kain does not approach Meaning is that, again, after these we were telling us, uh, the Torah is telling us what the jobs of the Levim are, there could be some, uh, a, a thought process that a zar, a non-koyin, a levi possibly, is allowed to do certain Vedas in the mishkan. And therefore, since we're scared that the levi would make such a mistake, the Torah has to tell us, uh, tell the koyin and command the koyin, make sure the Levim don't make this mistake and do something they're not supposed to do. So let's see what that means. Hey, habir b'zah. What's the mistake that they would have thought and they would have made? He says, "Ala so It says uh, the pasuk earlier. This is pasuk uh, in the pasuk chas. It says that uh, the you should appoint uh, the levim to guard as shmeshmeres b'nei yisrael. That you should guard, you should appoint the levim that they should they are responsible for the guard the Mishmeris, the tasks of the b'nei yisrael. What does it mean they're taking over the tasks of the um, of the uh, of the Jewish people? What does Shmeris over here would mean? The duties they're taking over the duties of the Jewish people. So Rashi explains because truthfully all the Jewish people really needed to uh, be set aside to take care to take care of the needs of the mikdash, but the levim came and took their place as messengers for the Jewish people. As, as discussed earlier, even though the Yisrael the B'chor of the Yisrael were supposed to be doing the Vaid and the Mishkan, but since they sinned, therefore they were not allowed to do it. So what happened, the, sh- the Levim had to take over the job. So in a sense, the Levim are the Shluchim of the B'nei Israel to do the task that was really uh, set upon them. The K'ven Shalavim him Shluchim she Yisrael l'sarcha imikdash, haimakim laimr she'oysin avayda shimtsinim him she'nasu gama yidei Yisraelin Uh, And since the Levim are the messengers of the Bnei Yisrael to take care of the needs of the Mikdash, you might have thought that those avidahs that we see that were done also through the Jewish people, it would be permitted. Or even more than that, the Rebbe says, after they built the Mishkan, they would have been compelled to do these avidahs through the Levim, which are takhtayim b'shluchusam. Meaning is that we see uh, uh, that there were certain avidahs that traditionally any yid can do. So I would have thought that those avidus that they were traditionally allowed to do, then maybe the levim are supposed to take over those avidus and, not, and, and do them on behalf of the Jewish people even after the Mishkan is built and not specifically the kainim. Therefore, the pastor comes and tells us, no, 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 no. Those avidus that they were allowed to do, they are now prohibited to do it and also their shluch and levim are also prohibited to do it and the kainim needs to make sure that they don't come to make a mistake and come to do this so what are exactly are the avidus? We're going to see in a moment uh, what a they the Jewish people used to do, and now they are prohibited from doing it, and even the shluchim are prohibited from doing that. We'll see that in Sifbah, but just to give you a quick idea is that we know that um, when the Jewish people were in Mitzrayim, they were the ones that brought the Korban Pasach, and when they brought the Korban Pasach, there were different avidus that were involved in this Korban Pasach. So, there might have been a thought process that maybe the, the Israelim or now their Shluch and the Leviim could still bring the Korban Pasach, just like the Jewish people brought the Korban Pasach in its rhyme. Therefore, the Pasach is telling us no, 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 no. They're not allowed to do the Korban Pasach or any of the Vedas which are associated with it. We'll see more details in a moment. This is the intent of Rashi that he says in his Pirish. He says, What does it mean? Kabbalah's dumb and. Is receiving the blood, throwing the blood, and burning the different parts of the Korban on the Mizbech. Why does he say these three specifically? The fish, because these of we find that they were done through all the Jewish people used to do them. As I mentioned, in Mitzrayim. Therefore, I would think that maybe the, uh, the could take it could continue doing these avidus as their shluchem. Therefore, the Pasuk tells us right away, no, you have to guard the kuna, make sure they don't come close. Nonetheless, Rashi is not satisfied, and he adds a second category of avidus which are given over to the kainim. Nonetheless, he says, even though Rashi... Rashi doesn't just mention these three items, which I would have thought that the Levi, levi can do. He adds a second category, which these are the avidas that were always the Kayanims. Meaning is we never find that a yid did these avidas. These were these were initially, when they were when these avidas were initially made, it was always, it was given over to the kainim uh, right away, and, and and we never find historically that a yid actually did any of these avidas. He says even though there is no a reason to think that a levy would be allowed to do these avaitas. He says, says, But since we need to put this command over here regarding that levy, He's not allowed to do the kabbalah's dumbness. He says, but once we have to put this Isr, that alevi or and yisrael is not allowed to do any avida in the mishkan, even those avidas which were traditionally given over to the jewish people to do. So it's understood that this Isr would apply to any avida. You know, for sure, it would apply to avidas that were never the jewish people. And since this is the spot where the commandment was given. Rashi's telling us, obviously, it's a command for any Avaydah. So, Rashi's not telling it to us that they uh, because um, because over here, logically, it would make sense because of the uh, how the psukim are written that, that they're not allowed to do these new avidus that were always given to the kainim, it's rather because we would have thought that these initial three avidus were allowed to be to the levi. Therefore, the Pasuk has to right away, in the middle of the tasks of and tell us that, but the levi are not allowed to do these three things. But once you're mentioned and allowed to do these three things, we're going to mention the whole command, that they're really not allowed to do any of them. Therefore included in this isr would be the avidus which are initially uh, given to the kainim. And ad he says, it's, 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 it's obvious and it's for sure that these avidahs, the, uh, the levi would not be allowed to do. <coughs> so, <laughs> Where do we find that these avidahs were done through, through the Jewish people? <laughs> that therefore, since they initially did it, there is a havimina that maybe even nowadays... Their, that their, the Jewish people, the Bnei Yisrael, would be able to do them, uh, meaning the Levim and their Shluchas. Uh, so, what of are that we're referring to that it used to be given, that, that traditionally it was the Jewish people's Avaydah, and therefore their Shluchim and the Levim should do it? He says, before Shadab, He says, it's actually quite clear from the M'sukim. But, Parshas boy, but Siva Omer Pasach, it's right. When you look at Parshas boy regarding the command of bringing the Korman Pasach, and it's right says like this, They took the blood and they put it on the doorposts and they ate the meat and they, uh, they had to roast the meat uh, with its uh, feet and also with its innards. So, You see that the Jewish people did three things with the Korban Pasach. All of the Pasach tells us, first of all they had to take the blood. What does it mean they had to take the blood and, and put it on the doorpost? So taking the blood is the same as receiving the blood. Taking the blood means that they the they would receive the blood. And then they had to put the blood on the doorposts. That would be comparable to the putting the blood on the mizbeach. And then they had to roast it, which that would be similar to the vaida of, of burning certain parts on the Mizbeach. <clears throat> right, so even though, just to mention a quick point regarding roasting, roasting it on the Mizbeach, it would have been a little bit different in the carbon Pasach than they would have done in future generations. Future generations, they literally took different parts of the carbon Pasach and burnt it on the Mizbeach while in Eretz shrine, they didn't have a mezbech, so they obviously didn't burn any of these sacrificial parts. So rather, they the and tells us they did one of two things, since they didn't have a mezbech. Either or some Roshayim hold, they barbecued it completely, until it was completely burnt. So it wasn't a mezbech, but they barbecued it and it was completely burnt. That was how, the, in a sense, these parts were given over to Hashem. And others say, no, how they were given over to Hashem, over this, this time was very different. They would barbecue it, and then they ate it. So, the barbecuing and eating it, that would have been the same as the Mizbeach completely consuming it. But either way, the point is that we see that by that korban they did something very similar to how the Kabbalists will be done in the future. Therefore, there is a thought process to say, just like the Jewish people were allowed to do the Kabbalah, the Zrika, and the Akhtar by Pasach Mitzrayim, also in the future they can do and bring their own korban Pasach. Therefore, we, there's a Way to think that you can think that the pasach that will be brought in future generations, which was very, which was similar to the pasach that was brought in, in Mitzrayim. Therefore, since they're so similar, we actually learn many halachas of how the future pasach is supposed to be brought. We say, oh, what happened by the initial pasach in Mitzrayim? We see how what the command was and what they were supposed to do, and we learn out from future, for future generations how the korban pasach is supposed to be brought. So therefore, you would think that just like the Passover rhyme Mitzrayim is allowed to be brought by the Jewish people, maybe also in the future, the shluchim of the Jewish people are allowed to bring their kabanas. So therefore, Yeshla Yisro, These avaydas are, are connected and shayich to the Jewish people, and the Vim would do these avaydas as their shluchim. Therefore, right away, in middle of the task that the Levim got, we needed a warning that the the Aaron and his children, you know, after the Levim, in a sense, get this command, make sure they don't make a mistake, and guard you, Kuna, make sure you're the only ones who are going to be doing the Kabbalah, the Zrikan Akhtar. So, Ah, you can ask the question, how, why would you even think that a Levi is allowed to do these avodas? Didn't we already bring earlier from the beginning of Chumash the first parak, that Rashi told us clearly, based on the Pasuk over there, that only from Kabbalah and onwards is the Mitzvah skuna. So Rashi said very clearly, and it's from a chloroquine, Rashis, of course, is just explaining the pasik, and the pasik's telling us that from the Kabbalah, Saddam, and onwards, only a coin is allowed to do it. This was already Senechumash for Yikra. So why do we need a new command to tell us that, oh, maybe the Levim are going to make a mistake and think it's permitted? We already have a command very, very clearly stating that only from, uh, that, that they're, they're not allowed to do it. Only a coin is allowed to do these Ovidas. So he explains like this. Shair Pasik upirash Rashi zeh Amur Gabi He says, because the Pasek in Yikra is talking about a carbon Oila. And similarly, uh, regarding all those other Kabbanists, they were talking about different Kabanas that were brought. But we don't find that the Aved of the Pasach for the future generations and he also says the miser, which I'll explain in a moment, needs to be done through the kainim. Meaning it's true, we do find that the ayla and all these other kabbanis, need to be done specifically through a kainim, but those karbanas, A, were either kabanis that B, it was an obligation on the tzibur, the congregation to bring, so therefore if it was an obligation on the tzibur, the kainim had to bring it, or even if an individual donated a carbon, but it was a carbon that was donated, like a carbon oyla was something which donated completely to Hashem, it was given over to Hashem to be brought. It was, or, or like even a Sanadava. But you donated it to be given over to the Beis Mekdash. But the Korban Pasach is different. Because the Korban Pasach was your own obligation to bring a Korban pasach. And therefore, the Korban Pasach actually was not eaten by the Koinim. Certain parts were burnt on the Zbech, but the rest of the Korban Pasach, the entire Korban Pasach actually wasn't eaten by the Koinim. It was only eaten by the, pe- the group. Uh, whatever group brought the carbon Pesach, the group of people that joined together, the family that joined together to bring a carbon pasach, they ate all the different parts. And similarly by the carbon Meiser, which is the 10th animal, um, right? every 10th animal, you're supposed to bring as a carbon Meiser. The Koinim did not eat any of the Meiser since it was an obligation of the individual and it completely belonged to that individual. And only he and his family uh, would eat from the Meiser. So therefore... I would think you can see that these karbonis weren't mentioned in the Those were in the oilists, the other things which were given in a sense to the base of Migdash. But the karbonis, which are our obligation of the individual to bring, maybe those ones would be allowed to be done by regular Yisrael, or I should say really the Levim as the Shluchim of the Yisraelim. Uh, therefore, the Pasik tells us that that is incorrect, and that, therefore it was a new command. We wouldn't have known this command just by reading. Which tells us that from Mitzvah Kahuna onwards, uh, from Mitzvah Kabbalah and onwards, is a Mitzvah Kahuna, because those only talk about these other Kabanis, but the Korban Pasach Maiser, which are the Yid's carbon and a, completely a Yid's carbon, I would think that maybe they could bring it, just like we see traditionally by Pasach Mitzrayim that they actually did these Avidas. Okay, so that answers the last two questions, wh- wh- which were in Sif, Sif Question one was, why? Uh, question one was, how does Rashi say that there's two categories of, of, of Avaidus? There's the Kabbalah, Saddam, and Zirik, which are which were not Avaidus, which were uh, entrusted to the kainim, And then there's a second category of Avaidus, which were entrusted to the kainim. So we're explaining very simply. Because traditionally, these three Avaidus were actually not initially transferred to the kainim; They were, really belonged to the Yisraelim. Therefore, I would think that these avidus, the Levim, could do as a shliach of the uh, kainim. Therefore, um, the Pasuk tells us that's incorrect. And the second question was, why does, how, how does Rashi know that when it says v'shamu it means both categories of avidus. Maybe it just means one category. Maybe just the avodas and sources are asr and not this second cap, this new category that he made of Kabbalah as Rikavaktera. So the answer is because th- this, th- these other avodas are obvious that they're prohibited. Ready? There was never a thought process to say that a Yisrael can do because a Yisrael never did these avodas. But the avodas that they initially did. Uh, in, in past Mitzray my way would have thought that maybe future generation the Levim could do it in their place therefore uh, the Pasik needs to tell us that these ones are also prohibited that's really what the Pasik's coming to tell us that's the new command the other parts we would have known the other avoidus we have known that's prohibited really from uh, at the beginning of Chumash where Rashi tells us that uh, so only the ones that were given over to the Jewish people those are the only ones we would have thought um, would, would uh, be allowed to be done by them the lesson in our Vedas Hashem. Allah had in ben He says, if even in the Jewish people, there's so many differences, even though all the Jewish people are a kingdom of priests, but nonetheless we see a very big difference between a Yisra'el and a Levi with the Kay. Um, that even Avedis, which are an obligation of the Jewish people, the, the needs of the mikdash, it's their duty to make sure these, these needs are being done. Nonetheless, if a yid himself does it, he actually would be oblig- he would be would get misa from heaven. Meaning is not only if a yid does these avidahs, he doesn't become holier by doing a kind of avidah. On the contrary, if a yid does an avidah, which he's not supposed to be doing, that brings him to death. So not only, even though a yid is part of the priestly nation, but nonetheless, if he does an avidah, which is really his duty to make sure it's done, but if he does it himself and instead of the kind, this individual does not become holier, rather he's supposed to be killed. He says then, for sure, when we're talking about a, the mechitza, the, 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 the differentiation and the partition between the Jewish people and the other nations, then when somebody wants to mix a true stranger from the nations of the world uh, within the Jewish people, and this stranger, is, we're talking about someone that did not have a gi or kalachi, meaning is he didn't convert properly. If a, if a, if a goy converts properly, then he is a yid. That's fine. But we're talking about when you want to mix a Jew and a non-Jew, and this non-Jew did not have a proper conversion, and what, what's your chajm? Why would you think you should do such a thing? The person can think true, That this can cause a very great damage and and a sakan it can be very dangerous for the Jewish people to mix the non Jews with the Jews. But nonetheless, you are doing a very big favor for the non Jew. He's able to become a yid. He's able to serve Hashem. You can think. He says, but the truth is the exact opposite. When you make this mixing, this causes the greatest damage, and this can cause. Uh, a, a, a very great takala, a very great um, stumbling for everybody until the idea of the opposite of life. But, so you're thinking that it would actually be beneficial for the guy, but the truth is it's also very damaging for him. So it's not just, you know, let's make sure that there's no mixing because the Jewish people are, are, are so great and, and therefore we don't want to have any, uh, any Goyim becoming part of our religion. It's not just that it's actually also good for the guy. Everybody needs to know where they belong. Just like a Yisrael should not be doing the vaid of the Kayan, similarly, the same thing by the Jewish people and the uh, the But his in Yisrael and specifically through guarding and not to try to touch in the deeds of Hashem, the creator of the world who gave us the Torah, who separated between the Yisrael and the Amin, that's the way by follow, following the guidelines that Hashem gave to us. That's the way how we reach true peace and true goodness for everybody, for everybody in this world.